TII item 204, December 21st, 2011. The Super Bowl on your iOS device. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Hover. Please visit tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com to get 10% off your domain name registrations. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Ben for sending in the music you hear in the background. Ben wrote, Hi, Rob. I created this song on my iPod Touch with GarageBand. Regards, Ben. Thanks, Ben. And folks, I will try to remember to put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Lou for sending in the artwork for today's episode. Lou wrote, Hi, Rob. I was messing around with Color Splash and thought you'd like this as a possible album art. Take care, Lou. Well, Lou, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Lou's artwork in the TI app in the extras for episode 204, or if you subscribe via iTunes as the album artwork and also as a standalone post in the VIP section, and I'll try to get it up on Google Plus and Facebook as well. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. And make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, here are the features I think will make the playbook stand out. Yada yada, yada yada, yada yada. Unquote. Ronan Hellevy, Berry Review, 3rd of March, 2011. Oh, sure, I could list the features Ronan thought would make the playbook stand out. But if potential consumers did not care, no real reason to read them here. Anyway, Ronan makes this segment simply for just saying playbook stand out. Just saying. Your brain is full of spiders. You've got garlic in your soul, Mr. Grinch. For promo codes, on episode 203, we offered up chances to win the promo codes for the apps TapTapFrenzy and Port Defender. I'll give those out before the end of this week. So if you want more info on those, listen to the beginning of episode 203 for additional details. This week, we have promo codes for the app Chains. First, let me play the review from the dev. Hi, this is Ben, and I'm the developer of a game called Chains. Chains is a casual thinking game with just the right mix between strategy and luck, so it never gets boring. The concept is simple. You and your opponent take turns placing tiles on the board so that they fit together, like putting together a puzzle. If you match the symbols, you capture the tiles. However, symbols can chain across pieces, so you might capture multiple pieces at once. Once the board is full, whoever has the most captured tiles wins. There are three levels of artificial intelligence you can play against, from easy to evil, and we just released a new version of Chains, which supports Game Center's new online turn-based gaming and iCloud syncing. We're launching this update at a promotional price of 99 cents, and we're giving listeners of Today and iOS 10 promo codes to get the app for free. Thanks for checking out our app, and feel free to send any feedback to ben at kudit.com. That's B-E-N at K-U-D-I-T dot com. Back to you, Rob. Thanks, Ben, for sending in those promo codes. 
And also a great job of sending in your feedback or your review and then also the background music as two different pieces. So he actually pulled the background music you heard is the music that's in his app. So a nice touch there. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, just send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put chains in the subject line. That's chains in the subject line. I'll be giving these away sometime before the end of the year. As always, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please also include a 60-second or less audio review of your app indicating you are the dev. If you don't have promo codes to give away or if your app is free and you still want to get a review of your app up on the show, you can just send in the 60-second or less review of your app. Again, make sure you mention up front you are the dev and we'll work it into a future episode of the show. Into the news we go. There was another explosion at another Apple supplier's plant. This time, sadly, 61 people were injured. The plant was in China and belonged to Pegatron subsidiary Raitang in Shanghai. The plant was expected to make back panels for the iPad 2, or so it was reported, at least in a couple of reports. And that is what I found interesting. The plant was not open yet, but was going to make back panels for the iPad 2. So it seems the iPad 2 has a little bit of life left in it after all. This kind of fits in with the theory that after the iPad 3 hits stores, Apple will keep making a lower cost version of the iPad 2 to try to keep and capture the lower end of the market. Well, lower end than the current iPad market, that is. Per the reason for the explosion, that is blamed on aluminum dust. And yes, folks, Machining 101 says vent, vent heavily when dealing with machining any types of metal parts where you might have some dust in the air because metal dust and other dust particles can be very, very explosive. And speaking of China, Forbes is re-reporting a story from the Beijing Morning Post that the Chinese government has cleared the iPhone 4S for sale on mainland China. The permit was supposedly issued for China Unicom, which is who is also currently selling the older iPhone 4 in China. No official word yet from Apple and no timeline on when this will all be. And of course, no word on if and when China Mobile, the largest carrier in China and the world, subscriber-wise that is, will get the iPhone. Hey, Rob, Chris in Connecticut. Got a question about how affected my data has been since I've started using iTunes in the cloud. It's gone absolutely crazy, probably up four times over what I use. What am I doing wrong? Thank you. Great show. Keep Keep it up. Hi, Chris. This made me go back and look at my data history. And since I've been using iCloud, which I don't use for all that much, I haven't seen much increase, really I can't even see any discernible increase in data usage. Now, how you use iCloud will determine if you're seeing a lot of data usage. For example, if you're using iTunes Match and you're streaming a lot of music, you're going to see quite significant bump in data usage. If you're constantly backing up your iOS device to the cloud, which I don't do, I only do backups to my local machine, Uh, that will increase your data usage. So look at what you're doing. Look at which things you're using iTunes in the cloud for. Personally, I'm just using it for calendars. Uh, I'm using it for contacts and very little that I'm using iTunes in the cloud for. 
But the more items you use, the more data you're going to require. So look what you're using for and look how often it's being used. Into the email bag we go. All right. A few episodes back, a guy mentioned that he was having a problem upgrading his iPhone. He also mentioned that his phone was jailbroken. I was expecting that someone would have sent this in before now, but I did not hear the solution mentioned and the idea sent in. The problem may be the jailbreaker's application called Tiny Umbrella on his Mac or PC. As you know, Tiny Umbrella is often used to upgrade your iOS version while preserving the baseband for those that unlock. Unfortunately, it can occasionally cause problems, error 1013, for upgrading. This happened with my iPhone as well. I've included a link to an article over on Macworld discussing the problem and an easy way to fix it. Uh, look for the link in the show notes called Tiny Umbrella and iTunes 1013 error strikes again. Uh, keep up the great work. Regards, Sean, the truck driver in Texarkana, Texas. Thanks, Sean, for the link and for the heads up. And like I said there, folks, go to todayinios.com, look in episode 204's show notes, and look for the link titled Tiny Umbrella and iTunes 1013 error strikes again. Back into the email bag. Hey, Rob. Last couple of episodes, callers have said or emailed that AT&T is emailing them when they go over 2 gig for hitting that 5% mark. As per the picture I sent, I am well over 2 gig and I still haven't received any type of contact from AT&T. I'm running iOS 5.0 on the 4S. I am, of course, grandfathered into the unlimited plan. I was wondering if you had a contact at AT&T or one of the listeners does, because that is quite ridiculous to limit unlimited to 2 gig. Regards, Derek from, well, let's just say Derek. We don't want AT&T knowing about where their tracking of data is not working. Here's another email on this. Hi, Rob. Last month, three days before the end of my month, I got the 5% notice. I was at 7.8 gig of data at that point. This month, five days before the end of the month, I got the email, and I was at 4.6 gig. I wonder if these are going out at a predetermined point in our month, if over a predetermined period of time a certain amount of data is used. There is no way I'll ever be under 4 gig. Regards, Mike R. Hi, Rob. I also want to echo other listeners' experience regarding AT&T throttling data once I surpass 2 gig of data. AT&T has been throttling my data used for the last two months once I reach 2 gig. It makes the unlimited data worthless since it slows down so much. Thanks, Dimitri. Hi, Rob. This is Larry in Chicago. I'm calling about uh, people's concerns with AT&T throttling back people's data usage. I hadn't heard anybody say this before, but I believe it's just a matter of value to AT&T, whether they want to affect your throttling or not. Uh, I have a jailbroken iPhone 4, and I tether using PDA Net to my iPad, and I use anywhere on the low end of 8 gigabytes up to 12 gigabytes of data a month on my grandfathered unlimited plan. I think the difference is that I have practically every service that AT&T supplies. And our minute package on AT&T is 1,400 minutes, I believe it is, 1,200 or 1,400 minutes. So basically, I spend almost $400 a month on AT&T services. So I think the reason I haven't received any warning on my data usage or anything 
is for that reason. They look at me and say, well, this guy is spending $400 a month. They don't care. Just thinking that might be the reason that they're not bothering me. All right, man. Thanks for all the work you do. Take it easy. Bye. Larry, thanks for the voicemail message. Yours makes the most sense because I can tell you what, I have been confused, frustrated, baffled about what's going on with AT&T. I have some people reporting month after month that they get the 5% notice now at the 2 gig level. Others not getting it at the 10 gig level. And many others getting it somewhere in between. There is definitely no consistency here on AT&T's part. And again, yours is the only one that makes any sense. If there's somebody at AT&T that would like to step up and say, yes, it is true. If you have multiple packages with us, you're a little bit more, we're a little bit more lenient on you. That would be great because right now I'm not seeing any consistency on AT&T's part. And the only thing that makes sense is that they're looking at your overall packages with AT&T when deciding if they're going to hit you with the slowdown or not. IDC put out a report last week that was widely picked up by the blogosphere. It was about tablet shipments jumping 264% in Q3 of 2011. And here's where I stop. Who really cares about tablet shipments? What is important is tablet sales, not shipments. Anyone given enough resources could ship more tablets than Apple in any quarter. But then you would have a lot of shelves busting at the seams with product that doesn't move. Sales. Tell me about sales, IDC, not shipments. I mean, heck, if you're going to talk about shipments, you might as well talk about surveys, like the recent one from AlphaWise, which suggests, implies, deduces, or just conjures up that demand for the iPad and iPhones in 2012 will result in over 281 million iPhones and iPads sold. To put that in perspective, in the first three quarters, there were about 81 million iPhones and iPads sold, with another 43 million iPhones and iPads projected for this quarter. So 124 million iPhones and iPads sold in 2011, or supposedly will be sold in 2011. This company here, AlphaWise, is now projecting over 100% increase for 2012. Yep, surveys and shipment data are usually worth about the same, which is not much. Show me the sales data. Thanks to Ramon for the heads up on this next one. And that is for those of you that are out and about during the Super Bowl in 2012 or just running to the bathroom, there is no need to miss any of the action if you have an iOS device with you, as the NFL will be streaming the Super Bowl to the official NFL app, which is called NFL Mobile and is currently free in the App Store. The stream is supposed to have more info, including additional camera angles and live stats, but the question is, will it have more commercials? After all, some years, the commercials are the best part of the Super Bowl. And speaking of commercials, I want to say thanks to Hover for sponsoring this show. Hover makes registering and managing domain names really simple. And right now, they have a special for just $10 for .me domains. And if you go to tii.hover.com, that's tii.hover.com, you get 10% off that. So really just $9 for a .me domain. That is until the end of 2011. So hurry up. Time is running out. Get those .me domains now. 
Beyond the sales price for .me domains, one of the nice features of Hover is the ability to quickly and easily create multiple redirects from a single URL for no additional cost. There is no additional costs to hide the personal info on your domain. There are no annoying tricks to get you into multiple upsell items you did not want when you use Hover. It is just a good, customer-friendly interface that is a joy to work with. So whether you're looking to redirect to your Facebook page or G Plus page or Twitter or Tumblr pages, Hover is there for you to make it easy to tell people where to find you on the web. Remember, control your namespace. It is the best thing you can do on the web. So as an example, you could register yourname.me and then set up yourname.me slash Facebook to go to your Facebook page or yourname.me slash G Plus to go to your G Plus page and so on. As I've said before, I am a customer and a very happy one of Hover, and I highly recommend them for your domain name needs. Again, to save 10% on your registrations, go to tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com. Isn't it time you liked registering domain names again? Thanks, Hover, for supporting this show. Okay, this next story is full of ifs. But if you meet the ifs, you might be pretty happy. One if is are you in the US and are you unhappy with AT&T, Sprint, and Verizon? And if you are, more specifically, are you located in the Northwestern US, Northern Cal, or Nevada? And if you have an unlocked iPhone, you can now take your 3G iPhone and get 3G service from T-Mobile. Seems in those limited areas previously mentioned, T-Mobile has turned on the 1900 megahertz spectrum for 3G, which is compatible with the iPhone. Some real-world tests are seeing 7.9 meg down and 1.8 meg up, which is better than what you get with AT&T's 3G. If anyone is in those areas and is on T-Mobile with a 3G iPhone, let me know what type of speeds you are getting. Hello, Rob. This is Stephen from Houston, and I've finally done it. I now have over a thousand apps in iTunes. I got my iPhone 3G back in October 2008, and I guess I've been buying apps ever since. One reason I tend to buy more apps is because I use applications like App Sniper, and now I use App Shopper to track apps to see when they go on sale, especially when they are free. There's a lot of games I've not really wanted, but that look good, but if they're free, hey, why not get it? So right now I've got 1,075 apps in iTunes, and I'm going to keep watching. But a good way, good way to save money on apps is to use applications like ones I've mentioned, AppSnapper, AppShopper, and others, to track when apps go on sale. Okay, talk to you later. Have a great day, and Merry Christmas. Steven, thanks for the tip on App Shopper and App Sniper. Folks, if you have any favorite apps or any tips you want to share with the audience, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your comments on your iOS device and email them to me at todayinios at gmail.com. And you can just send in regular emails to that email address as well, like this one. Hi, Rob. When I tried to turn on FaceTime and iMessage on my new 4S, I got a message, quote, activation unsuccessful, unquote. Eventually, I called Apple and was told that you must not have text messaging blocked by your provider as I do. It turns out that in the activation process, your device sends some kind of text to the Apple servers. 
So I called my cell phone company, Rogers, and Viola. It activated once I allowed text messages. I promptly had them reblock it, and everything has been working fine since. I also discovered that FaceTime works either through the cell system for voice and Wi-Fi for video, or exclusively through Wi-Fi, something neither Apple nor Rogers support seemed to be aware of. Regards, Lawrence G. in Ontario, Canada. Lawrence, thanks for the feedback. So remember, folks, if you ever see an activation unsuccessful when trying to set up FaceTime or iMessage, you need to make sure you don't have your text messages being blocked by your carrier. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I have a question for you. My wife has an iPhone 4, and she's having problems with iChat. Started a couple of days after installing iOS 5.0, iChat would automatically turn off and stay off, and couldn't keep it on when manually turned on in settings. So I upgraded her phone to iOS 5.0.1, and after a couple of weeks, it's doing the same thing. Any ideas on how to fix this, or anyone else complaining about this issue? Regards, G. Pareto. Hi, G. I will assume you did the standard force quit of the app in the app tray, and then went into settings, general, reset, and then reset network settings, and then relaunching the app after the iPhone relaunches or restarts. If you did not do that, I would recommend you do that. Actually, that is a good suggestion for any app you have issues with that requires a network connection to work correctly. Another suggestion would be to make sure you force quit every open app you have. Some people just keep opening apps and apps and apps and apps. And if you were like the previous caller, if you have a thousand apps out there, if you've got a couple hundred of them open, that can be affecting the performance of your iOS device. So you every now and then you should go through and just close out all your apps. It seems uh, the more and more I hear of issues like this, uh, the more and more just simply closing everything out, closing out that app, and doing the reset to network settings uh, seems to fix the issue. Uh, let me know if you tried that and if it, it worked as a fix for you. The next solution, of course, is a full restore to factory fresh settings which you kind of want to avoid if you can, and that's where you don't do a backup to a previously stored backup. Sometimes the backups get a little wonky on you. Yeah, I know. It seems like iOS is getting a little wonky overall these days. Hopefully Apple gets that fixed with iOS 5.1. Thanks to ZA for sending in a link to this next one, which is an article on Macworld titled 21 Overlooked iOS Accessories or what I would call 21 gift ideas for iOS fan in your life. So if you are looking for some last-minute gift ideas, this might be a good list to review. I will not go over them, but the list covers stands and mounts, cases and protection, power cables and adapters, and the sound jaw. Overall, a nice list if you are looking for some gift ideas. Look for the link in the show notes titled 21 Overlooked iOS Accessories at todayinios.com for episode 204. About a week ago, some reports started popping up where users of iOS devices running 3.1.3 were reporting problems downloading and uploading apps directly to their iOS device. Initial reports had Apple saying, well, just upgrade. Um, what if you are, you know, on an original iPhone? Just saying. Of course, you could always download apps to the computer and you sync with and then sync over the apps via the direct connection through a USB cable. But some people don't like that workflow and don't find it convenient, especially if you have to update an app and you're out on the road. 
And well, now it looks like someone else in Apple, with a little bit more of a clue, realized this was not a good thing. And quote, just update, unquote, was not a valid response. And they did something. And now it is being reported that you can, with your iOS device running 3.1.3, once again, download apps and update apps directly on your iOS device. So for the couple of you that emailed me saying it was BS and Apple was giving up on the original iPhone, well, not yet, and not entirely. FYI, I did tests just before recording started on the show, and my original iPhone that is running 3.1.3, I was able to use the App Store to upgrade a few new apps and download an app, a new app. So I had no issues with it. So it seems right now, at least for me, with my testing with an original iPhone running 3.1.3, that the App Store app is back working again. Hey, Rob, this is Lane. I'm a longtime listener. I've been listening since you were counting down for the first iPhone. Uh, great show. I guess I assume you already know or you've heard from many people, but uh, the new Netflix app for the iPhone, it's pretty much unusable at this point. It doesn't, uh, doesn't open. It keeps crashing. I wasn't sure if you had heard of this from other people. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll release an update and make it usable again because the old one was a pretty good app. Uh, but anyway, great show. Keep it up, and uh, thanks a lot. Bye. Hi, Lane. Thanks for the voicemail. And it looks like Netflix has upgraded to version 2.0.1, which is not crashing at all for my iPhone 4S. The 2.0.1 version lists reduction of crashes on startup, particularly for older devices. On my iPhone 3GS, the latest version of Netflix worked great as well. So it seems whatever issues Netflix had with their app for iPhones, that seems to have been fixed. Again, make sure you've upgraded to version 2.0.1 for the Netflix app if you want to use it on your iPhone. Here he comes now, the big hand. Switching gears... Let me do a little rant right now towards some of the developers out there. If you search in iTunes for iCade, there are currently just 19 apps that show up and more than half of those really are not optimized for iCade and should not be listed when you search for iCade. Space Inversion is one of those that does work well with the iCade, as mentioned previously on the show. Kudos to them. The reason for this rant is I just had a dev send me a link to his free app that is a Galaga-inspired app. It does have in-app upgrades to remove the ads and add some other additional features. I suggested he add support for iCade, given that there are so few out there and that now even Bed Bath & Beyond is selling the iCade. And with that 20% coupon, it makes it pretty cheap. Well, compared to what it costs online. If you have developed a game and use of a joystick and or fire buttons would enhance that game, especially if said game is inspired by an arcade machine game, you have to, must, need to, would be downright crazy not to put in support for iCade. There are a bunch of people already with iCade and all we have basically are the Atari apps. If you want to stand out among the over 500,000 apps out there, iCade support is one way to do this. So again, put that in there, in your app. Make sure you put it in the description so when someone searches for iCade, your app shows up. Even though I heard a report that iCade doesn't want you to put that in the description, screw that. If you're going to support their device, put it in the description. 
like I mentioned, Space Inversions had it in there for months, and, and it hasn't been yanked or hasn't been pulled down. So again, if you're going to support iCade, which I think you should, definitely put iCade in the description of your app so that when people search for iCade in iTunes, they find your app. Okay, soapbox I step down off of now. Back into the news. This next one is about what may be the single biggest financial windfall for a non-iPad or Fire tablet to date. A semi hauling $1.7 million worth of Playbook tablets was stolen late last week. The truck was hauling 5,200 Playbooks. Now, I'm not saying this was an inside job, but considering the insurance payment of said stolen tablets is probably much more than they would have gotten by trying to sell them, it does seem a bit strange that a truck was targeted. As for the burglars, if it was not an inside job, I would have loved to have seen the disappointment on their faces when they opened up the truck and saw 22 pallets of basically unsellable tablets from RIM. Guess they'll have to sell them for about 50 bucks each. Or maybe, better yet, they could give one away with each stolen carton of cigarettes they're selling. Thanks to Paul and everyone else that sent in this next one, which is a link to a video the BBC did on Steve Jobs. It is an hour-long video and goes through Steve Jobs' life and what made him, well, him. Even if you have the Steve Jobs bio, this is a great video to watch. Link in the show notes to the page on Gizmodo where the video is embedded. Look for the link titled Steve Jobs, The Complete Story in 60 Minutes in the show notes for episode 204 over at todayinios.com. Hi, Rob. This is Yoram from Israel. Uh, just uh, listen to your show uh, about a caller that, uh, named Matt that could not uh, restore his uh, phone after jailbroken it. I had a similar problem, not sure if it's exactly the same as his. After using some of the jailbreaking software, there was an entry inside of the host file. It's under etc f- uh, folder, you know, the etc folder. There is a, there is a file that's called host there that has been added by the you know the jailbreaking software uh, which is routing gs.apple.com server to a different address um, uh, which is to save you from um, this is to save you from from going uh, into Apple servers when uh, when the when the activation uh, part is coming I, it took me a while to understand that I just need to sign before that file. Now, since the uh, etc, the etc folder is uh, hidden, you can just go in Finder to, you know, go to folder, type, uh, you know, forward slash etc, forward slash, and then you will see this folder, and you need to open this file. Uh, again, this is, a, this is, you will need your password, your, your administrator password on your Mac uh, to change that. Um, this is this is what happened on my Mac. So I uh, hope this one can help and uh, have a good luck with that. Thank you. Hey Rob, it's Todd from Sydney, Australia here. Uh, I'd like to um, just tell you that I jailbroke my iPod Touch 4G recently. Uh, it was just out of warranty. Uh, I didn't really want to do it beforehand in case something happened. But um, I've got to be honest, I hated it, jailbroken. It kind of turned it into an Android device where half the apps wouldn't work, it kept crashing, um, uh, half the other apps stopped working. It was just a disaster. Now, I don't know if it's uh, something to do with iOS 5.01, that's the version I was running, 
uh, and it was a tethered jailbreak, so maybe the untethered one will be better. I'll definitely give it a go later, but yeah, I've got to say, up front, I just hated it. Um, since restored and gone back to iOS 5.01. Um, you're doing a great job there, Rob. Love the podcast. And um, you've got a few dedicated fans here in Australia. I uh, just wanted to ring and uh, give you a cheer. Merry Christmas. And um, hopefully we'll uh, hear a lot more from you in the new year. Cheers, Rob. Todd, thanks for the kind words. And per jailbreaking not working all that well with iOS 5.x, that's not surprising. It's not an officially untethered jailbreak out there yet. You really need to wait until there's an untethered jailbreak. Anything before then is really, it's just meant for developers of jailbroken apps. If you're not a developer of jailbroken apps, you shouldn't be jailbreaking until there's a tether, excuse me, an untethered jailbreak available. And right now there isn't. All right, let's go to the latest on this. The latest from Pod2G's blog with regards to an untethered jailbreak is the following from a post on 1221. Quote, here is a new video demo of the current status of the 5.0.1 jailbreak running on an iPhone 4. This is meant to reassure people that were thinking it would only work on older iPods. The jailbreak is nearly ready for prime time, excluding the 4S and the iPad 2. Patches are the same as Red Snows. Expect the same level of stability. Some more days to wait. Be patient. We're doing our best. Pod 2G, unquote. So again, stay away from any sites, ads, or anything else advertising an untethered jailbreak for iOS 5.x at this time, and stay away from the tethered jailbreaks unless you are a developer of jailbroken apps. Hopefully more on this on the next episode. But I do want to say something to Todd's comment. Even with the jailbroke, the untethered jailbroke, set up and finished and what they considered working perfectly, a jailbroken iOS device is not going to be as stable as an unjailbroken device. So if you don't like things going wrong, folks, if you don't like the way your spouse folds his towel or her towel and how they do little things, if little things bug you, remember, a jailbroken device will be inherently less stable than an unjailbroken iOS device. That's just the way it goes. I've seen a lot of posts out there the past week about Apple making a Siri port legal to other iOS devices, older iOS devices, due to Apple providing an update to iOS 5.0.1 that offers unlock file structure. What does this all mean for the average user? As near as I can tell, nothing. Maybe when Siri goes from beta to v1.0, Apple will release it backwards to some of the older iOS devices, and then again, maybe pigs will fly. While a few have shown it is technically possible, that is to get Siri on non-iOS, or non-iPhone 4S, that is, there is still the perception issue from the 4S owners that Siri was the main upgrade with the 4S versus the 4, which, well, it's not 100% true, it's pretty much true, Hardware-wise, there are many changes under the hood, and we've talked about those. But still, I think PR and marketing-wise, Apple has closely aligned the 4S to Siri. So making it available to the iPhone 4 and iPad 1 owners and even iPad 2 owners, I just don't see that happening. And per getting Siri over to a jailbroken device, at this point, 
as we just mentioned, there's still the issue of no working untethered jailbreak out there. So until that is available for iOS 5.x, Siri is at best a pipe dream for anything that is not called the iPhone 4S. Thanks to Ramon for the heads up on a Kindle Fire versus iPad review done by Marco Arment over at marco.org. Marco points out and links to the Amazon Fire versus iPad chart that went up back when the Fire was launched. And this is the official one from Amazon, that is. And questions why Amazon has not updated any of the quotes from the announcement with, you know, real-world reviews now that it is out. And then offers up his review list. In a nutshell, it sounds like the Fire is death by a thousand paper cuts, if you are used to the iPad and iOS, that is. Like I said before, don't be the parent that gives an action Jackson when your kids are asking for a G.I. Joe with Kung Fu grip. This is Chad calling from Utah. I have a question about deleting apps. I have both an iPhone 4S and an iPad. When I delete an app off one of them, if I don't simultaneously delete it off the other before I sync back to my laptop, then the app appears on the other one again, and I want to know how to do a once delete and just say it's really gone without it asking me questions like, do you want to move stuff off from the device back onto the computer for iTunes? Thanks, man. Chad, thanks for the question. And I'm going to throw this one out to the audience because I'd love to hear the answer on this one as well. I've looked for this. I have five iOS devices that I'm syncing, and when I really want to get an app gone, I basically go through and delete it off each of the devices, and then I delete it off of iTunes, and then I go and sync all the devices at that point in time. And that way I know it's completely gone. So if someone has a good answer for Chad, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Good morning, Rob. It's Ozzy from Miami. I'm having a little issue as far as the uh, pictures are concerned and my albums. The thumbnails on my photo albums on my iPhone have one picture. When I go to open it, it switches to a different picture on my uh, photo album, my photo library, and whatnot. And I'm backed up to to iCloud. So I don't know how to fix this. And I don't know if it's an iPhone issue or an iCloud issue. Shooting it out to you, I don't know if anybody else is having this issue. Guessing it's a software issue but I'm not sure and I don't know how to fix it now that I'm on iCloud. So if you could help me out, I'd greatly appreciate it. Take care, uh, keep up the great work and uh, you have a great one, bye-bye. Ozzy, thanks for calling into the show. And did I mention this is a segment where I reach out to the audience for help for your problems? So if anyone here can help Ozzy out, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Hi, Rob. This is uh, Jim from uh, Lakewood, Colorado. And uh, I'm still concerned with the battery life on my um, iPhone 4S. And um, I've searched through uh, all the battery apps and tried to find one that would show me a graph of uh, past usage of the phone or, or the battery condition, a graph of it in the past. And um, I only found one app that I that could show a graph of the battery life and that was uh, an app called My Battery Life and I believe it was about 99 cents and um, I installed it and uh, 
it does give me a graph. Uh, I don't know how uh, helpful that's going to be, but um, I'm just in the process of uh, reviewing it at this point. I'll send you a uh, picture, a screenshot of, uh, of it, and it's kind of interesting. So I'd appreciate any uh, feedback uh, other users might have on uh, apps that display battery life. Thanks. Bye. Jim, thanks for sending in the voicemail message. So if anyone out there knows of a good app out there to chart your battery life as the battery starts, not long-term life, but, you know, short-term between charges, how your percentage of battery life goes over a period of day or two days. If anyone knows of any good apps out there, please let us know. 206-666-6364, 206-MOON-DOG. Personally, I just kind of look at where I'm at at night, which 100% when I put it on the bedstand next to me and where is it in the next morning and if it's something less than 95 percent i know i need to look at some settings uh, but again that's not very scientific so if anyone has really gotten into this and found a good app that really shows them how well the battery usage is and, and have been able to optimize their device for better battery life please let us know i was debating about mentioning this next one as it's kind of a tease article it is about the mod kit for the iPhone 4 and 4S that gives you an Apple logo on the back that glows. The kit is from KO Gadgets, someone we have mentioned before. They did the Apple logo back panel that had Steve Jobs' face inside the Apple logo. The kit here, the glowing kit, is $42.90, or should I say was $42.90, as they only sold it for a very limited time, as in just last weekend. Guess they figured they would launch it on a Friday and sell it over the weekend and then pull it down before the weekend was up, thus avoiding or minimizing the wrath of Apple's lawyers. There's a nice video on their site showing how easy this mod is for you to do at home. Of course, it is completely going to void any warranties from anyone for your iOS device, so maybe best you did not get this anyway, at least if you have an iPhone 4S, that is. At least that's what I'm going to tell myself. But still, would have been nice. If you were one of the lucky ones that did get this, please let me know how it worked out for you. And was it as easy to install? They show a video of it being installed in, in less than five minutes. So uh, it looked like a nice DIY project. I really would have liked to have gotten it and just put it aside until my iPhone was out of warranty. I want to do a quick shout-out for the folks behind the app ProCam Plus for sponsoring a banner on the TII site. If you go to todayinios.com, you will see the banner for the app ProCam Plus, which allows you to access an unlimited number of webcams from around the world. Click on the banner to learn more. Hi, Rob. My question is, my last name is Zagers, and Siri keeps calling it Zegers. How do I tell Siri to say my name properly. Hi, Pat. If this is an issue where Siri is saying your name back, uh, different than how you want it pronounced, probably not much you're going to do unless you change the spelling of your name. So you may have to change your name to have it phonetically say your name, which you probably don't want to do. Now, if this is an issue where Siri is not recognizing your name when you say something with your last name, Unfortunately, you're just going to have to either pronounce your name like Siri wants to hear it, or you're going to have to change the spelling of your name to match up 
phonetically with how you want your name pronounced. I know neither are ideal, but reality is my name is Rob Walsh, is how I say it to Siri, and it finds it. But if I was to pronounce my name correctly, which is Volk, it wouldn't find my name correctly. So, I mean, the correct pronunciation of my last name is Volk, but it's going to be looking for V-A-L-K and not W-A-L-C-H. Unfortunately, when it comes to things like the pronunciation of your name, I don't think you're going to find a happy solution on this one. Hey, Rob. Ian from West Virginia. Uh, Just listening to episode 202, and one of the listeners had a question about uh, the Reminders app, uh, realizing when you get to the house that you're actually at the house. Uh, One recommendation that I might have is to go into uh, the map itself, into Maps, and uh, drop a pin in the location that is your home. Uh, Then click on that pin and save that as the location of your home address in your contacts. That way the mapping program will recognize that that is the actual address at your house instead of the street address that may or may not match up with your exact location. Uh, Give it a try. Uh, It worked for me. Thanks a lot for the show. Reaching into the email bag. Hi, Rob. My 13-year-old daughter wanted to upgrade her 3G, so I gave her my 4 and picked up a 4S for myself. Got the 4S on your recommendation. Well worth the price. Target had the 4S 16 gig on sale this week for $174.99. So I called AT&T store, the one where I just purchased mine, and they issued me a $25 credit that will show up on next month's bill. They matched Target's price. Regards, Dave. Dave, thanks for the heads up on the AT&T price match. Every little bit helps these days. I want to thank Ben for his review of the TI app over at iosstuffandreviews.blogspot.com. Hmm, seems like someone needs a .me or .com domain of his own. Again, that was iosstuffandreviews.blogspot.com. Ben, thanks for the kind words about the TI app. Speaking of the TI app, one good reason to have it is so you can receive pushes when there's breaking news or special app deals out there when I come across those. Like this past week when I sent out a push saying the app I mentioned in the past episode, Flash Launch, was free for a limited time. Here is an email on that. Hi Rob, last night I saw you push out about Flash Launch being free, so I picked it up even though I didn't really know much about it. This morning, it appears to be gone from the App Store. I cannot find it when I search for it. I did read a post once that said that apps like this will cease to function when iOS 5.1 is released. One post mentioned that Apple will be disabling JavaScript via the Notification Center. Do you know if this is true or not? Regards, Myron Yu. So not only did the free offer quickly go away, the app also was pulled. Per Myron's question about the app not working with iOS 5.1. I am not sure, as I am not running that yet on any of my devices. But if anyone did get Flash Launch and is running iOS 5.1 beta, and it is working or not, please let us know. Also thanks to David for the initial heads up on the free offer for the Flash Launch app. How do I get to Charlie Grant's house? Here are directions to Charlie Grant's house. Is it cold in Santa Fe, Raleigh, Cleveland tonight? Really cold, down to about 14 degrees. 
Find that email with the naughty or nice list. New message from Mrs. Claus. Go easy on the cookies. <laughs> How does the rest of my day look? You have 3.7 billion appointments. Thanks to all that sent in links to that, which is the new Apple Siri commercial featuring Santa Claus. Hey, Rob, this is Derek. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you talked about this already, but um, can you tell me how to uh, downgrade my, or is it possible to downgrade my 5.0.1 to, uh, to the previous um, version? So if you can just let me know how to do that, and I would appreciate it. Thank you, and keep up the good work. Bye. Hi, Derek. Thanks for the voicemail message. And is it possible? Yes, but, and this is a big but, you have to have had everything set up beforehand so that you could retro back to it. There's an article titled Downgrade 5.0.1 to iOS 5 Custom Firmware in the show notes for episode 204 over at todayinios.com that explains how to do this. It comes from Redmond Pie, the article. But you had to have had something set up ahead of time. You had to be pretty much jailbroken to do this, which pretty much means you have to be a dev of jailbroken apps and highly technical. And if you're just doing this to downgrade because something's not working quite right and you're not someone who's jailbroken and you're not a dev of jailbroken apps, you really don't want to be downgrading iOS 5.0.1 to iOS 5. Matter of fact, Apple has made it much, much more difficult in iOS 5.x to downgrade to a previous version of iOS 5. Hi, Rob. It's Trish in the Concoma, New York. I had a question for you and your listeners. I know you might have already covered it once. I remember it being spoken about, but I don't remember if anybody called in with any hints. I um, am a science teacher, and I've bought over the summer a whole batch of uh, documentaries and, and other environmental movies for my classes, and I bought them on iTunes with the intention of showing them in, in school. But uh, now I have the iPad 2, I have a MacBook Pro, and I can't play them because they're protected. Is this a matter of what cable I'm using? Is there any way around this? I was just wondering if any of your, your listeners know of a way around this. I'd really like to use the movies that I purchased in the manner that I intended. All right, thank you. I love the show, and uh, talk to you soon. Bye. Hi, Trish. I think... This isn't a cable issue. This is more of a DRM issue. I think the issue you're having is one I had similar when I purchased uh, a, a couple of TV shows off of iTunes. And I wanted to play them off my MacBook onto my cinema display. So I wanted a cinema display to be where they displayed because that's the larger display. It makes sense. But it wouldn't let me do that because the connection and whatnot to the cinema display was an older display and it didn't have in the copy protection. So I think that's what you're seeing here is an issue where you're probably trying to get these to play off your computer onto a projector of some sort. Um, you know, if someone out there knows of a solution where you can take uh, an iTunes DRM video and get it to play on a projector where you're mirroring it with an iPad or you're coming out in, of your MacBook into a projector. Please let us know how to best get a DRM from iTunes video to play. My guess is you might have to do some sort of ripping of it with some software. Uh, again, I'm not even sure on that side. So if we have any good DRM experts that know how to convert some stuff, 
uh, let us know the best way or let Trisha know the best way she can get those videos for her to put up on a projector, either mirroring with an iPad or from her MacBook. Hi, Rob. This is Janet from Rockton, Illinois. I don't know if this is possible, but I'm wondering if there's a way to create a video podcast using an iPhone 4S only. I haven't been successful locating any information on this on my own, so I thought I'd check in with you and your listeners to see if it's possible, and if it is, what the steps would be. Thanks, Rob. Hi, Janet. I think what you're asking here is, is it possible only using your iPhone 4S to shoot some video, or using your iPhone for that matter, to shoot some video, edit that, trim it, trim up the end of the beginning, and then upload that video to your server where it then automatically goes out onto your RSS feed and you don't really have to do anything from the computer. So basically you're able to video podcast right from your iOS device, your iPhone, with no interaction with your computer. And the answer there is yes, but but a big but. First off, you need to make sure you have a video hosting service or a podcast hosting service to be more specific that supports FTP uploads. Just so happens the company I work for called Libsyn.com, L-I-B-S-Y-N, does support FTP uploads. Next, you have to have an app that will allow you to do FTP uploads of those video files. There is one such link app that I know of in iTunes that's supposed to do this, and that's called Video Uplink. Video Uplink, one word, and it will allow you to upload videos via FTP to your FTP server, so you can upload to your Libsyn account, and if you put them in your QuickCast folder, it will automatically push out your video as a, a new episode, or you can just upload it to the Dropbox, and then through the web browser, go into your Libsyn account on your iPhone, and put in the title, description, and publish. So yes, it is possible, but you have to have a podcast host that supports FTP, and you have to have an app that will support the upload of the files via FTP. That's the way to make this work. I think we're going to go ahead and start wrapping things up here. Once again, I want to thank Hover for sponsoring today's show. If you go to tii.hover.com, that's tii.hover.com, you can get 10% off your domain name registrations. That means a .me domain until the end of 2011 is just $9. So go to tii.hover.com, tii.hover.com for your domain name registrations. As is always the case, any articles or apps that are mentioned in the show, you can find links to over at todayinios.com for episode 204. And if you have any tips, tricks, comments, questions, reviews, you name it, that you would like to share with the audience, shoot us an email at todayinios at gmail.com or give us a call 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. And finally, if you have not already done so, please go to walch.me forward slash TII. That's walch, W-A-L-C-H dot me forward slash TII and fill out the demographic survey, leave your email address if you're in the U.S., and be registered to win the eyelatch giveaway, which you get an eyelatch case from Laura from Nashville that she developed with her Kickstarter project. You get a remote control for your iOS device, 
and you get a signed copy of Tricks of the Podcasting Masters, which I am co-author of. Plus, I'm also going to throw in a couple of other items that I've been given to review on, on the show. Again, just go to Walch, W-A-L-C-H dot me forward slash T-I-I. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today and iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today and iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.